Hello, this is Robbie Ott, Director of Client Experience with Holheimer Wealth Management. And we welcome you to another edition of our Worth Knowing More podcast. And today we're very excited to introduce to you Mark Dieterer, our new Director of Philanthropic Services here at Holheimer Wealth Management. Mark comes to us with over 20 years experience in philanthropy serving the Seattle market. He's a lover of water skiing, golf, music, food, and he's exposed us here at the firm to the world of Mezcal. Mexico holds a special place in his heart and he spends a lot of time down there. What a privilege it is to have you here as part of the team. We look forward to what the future holds, the direction that you're going to take us, the impact that we're going to make at the Seattle area. Mark, welcome. Thanks, Robbie. You give me a great intro. I don't know if I can live up to all that, but thanks. So I'm a third generation Seattleite and I'm very proud of that. I've been involved in the community for many, many years, uh, starting as a kid, volunteering. But when it comes to the world of philanthropy, I started in this career a little over 20 years ago. So I've been on the corporate side, I've been on the family foundation side, and now with Hoheimer. I, I think that I'm excited to be at Hoheimer because of all the experience I've gotten over the years on the corporate side and working with the Family Foundation. You, you cannot learn anything if you're not paying attention to all the work you're doing within these organizations. I, I look at it as every day you have to learn and grow. And part of philanthropy is really understanding and paying attention to what's happening because things change all the time. So for us here, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the firm and help the firm not only grow, but educate everybody inside the firm, also the clients. So tell us how bringing you in to Holheimer Wealth Management, tell us how that's going to differentiate us from the other firms in town and what they're doing. And also, it just needs to be said, you know, we pride ourselves on being a boutique, white glove, very, very client service centered. It's the high priority. So bringing you in with this new division, how does that set us apart? That's what the exciting part is, is, is we're really catering to our clients whether existing or new ones coming in. Our difference is there aren't a lot of firms that do all of these personal touches, especially the philanthropic services. Now, there's some out there that are looking to start to do it, but we're ahead of the game. Yeah. Okay? And as we move forward, we're going to be able to help out so many people in their giving. And I think they're... Giving right now is so important to so many people. And they may be giving... A little bit now, but I think going forward, it's going to be extremely important. Yeah. Well, why would somebody, how would you convince them? Why would you say using us and the things that we're going to offer now, why choose us instead of just doing it on your own? Well, first of all, I have over 20 years experience, not saying I know everything, but also a lot of people don't have the time to really dig into it like we can do here. We can certainly help them out with every aspect from, from having a discussion on areas of giving down to picking the charities, working with the families and cutting the checks. We can help them do everything. And I think in that is, it may not sound like a lot, but when it comes to folks that are giving away money, they oftentimes need some help because not everybody knows everything and for a charity, you want to be able to, I want to make a site visit for them. I, I want to be able to give them a list of recommendations for organizations. That's what I'm doing. 
and having relationships with so many people and not only in the city and the state and around the country, I, I know that I can help them with that. Is it a complicated process for someone if they don't have an idea where they want to start giving? It's trying to figure out what he or she wants to start participating in the areas in giving that they want to start with. That's the exciting part is if they're thinking about it, well, I don't really know, but I like this and that. That's when I sit down and we really hone in on those areas of giving. And I think when you're sitting face to face with somebody, what you can really do is start pulling things out. So I'm listening, right? I'm looking at them, I'm listening, and then you're starting to pull it out and narrowing it down. I think you could just use education as example. That one, there's so many different ways you could support an education, but let's pull it back. Let's figure out really the areas and the, the ways that we can help. And what I can do is also say, okay, I know of organizations that do this and this in education and others that do this and that. And that's what people a lot of times want is they, they want to hear some ideas and recommendations, but then they start thinking. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. In your experience, do people come in just, boom, they know exactly where they want to start giving their money? Do people come in a little bit questioning where they're going to get the biggest bang for the buck, and that's where you come in steering them in the right direction? Both. Let me start with the bang for the buck. We don't want to necessarily think about that. We want to think of it as impact. And when it comes to that type of thing, we want to be able to help that client make those decisions on the best place to give. Now, the people that come in that know what they're doing, again, everybody's a student. And I think that with that, you can also help them direct it even more. Because I think a lot of times what people do, they're giving in certain area and they wanna give more, so they need help in doing some research and navigating those waters. How can you help somebody leave a legacy of significant change and somebody who wants to make a difference in the world? That's a big question. Leaving a legacy is not something that you can always plan. That said, if somebody wants to leave a legacy and they've been giving, there's a direction, there's a path to go down. If they're new to it, it's gonna take a few years to really figure out their passion points. And for them to decide, okay, these are the few organizations that I want to specifically donate a bulk of, of my dollars and potentially in my will going forward. I think you want to leave a legacy and you want your name on something, great, that can happen. If you don't want to leave your name on something, that's fine too. But I, I think leaving a legacy, it's got to start with let's give to the right places and then you're gonna start realizing, okay, these are the organizations I wanna to give to. I've made a lot of grants over the years and there aren't thousands of grants and there aren't many that I can say, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of all of them, but there's a few, you just look at it and smile and say, wow, that was amazing. That's really gonna make a difference. That's where you make a difference. That's awesome. Well, how do you measure the success in all of the experiences you've had years previous and moving forward? I think measuring success is a really interesting way to look at things because as you, move through the next two or three or four years, we're going to find that our work with clients is going to make them happy. And as a firm, as we start helping these clients, bringing on new clients and continually allowing them to do great things in the community, that's success right there. You, you, it's hard. You can't just quantify it. 
you really have to live it. And I think for the firm, once we do that, we're going to get a reputation as a very caring, charitable firm. The organizations that you recommend that you hook us up with, Mm -hmm. how easy is it to find out the accountability issues? How easy is it to define from those nonprofits, some of those charities? How do we get the feedback that the monies that we've given are actually making a difference, having an effect? That one, you can do one of two things. You continuously stay in touch with them, or with a grant, you require a end-of-year report or a six-month report. Depending on how much you're giving, you want a status update. And it could be me talking with the organization or myself and the client, because I think it's important for the client to know the organization as well. Very important. Well, here's the question that I want to know. If somebody who's new to giving and somebody who's been doing it for years, somebody has a lot of experience in giving, what kind of questions are they asking? Are they the same questions sometimes? I would say that it is in the same bucket. Whether you're new or you've been doing it a long time, there's a lot of the same questions. A lot of ones I hear are, are they making an impact in the community? How are their financials? Well, let me ask you this. In your experience, is there a, is there a type of person or personality that makes it a good fit when we're partnering together? Well, the fit is having somebody on my side that will listen and is understanding and wants to help no matter what organization they want to give to. I think when it comes to personality or a client and the partnership, it's really, I, let's put it this way. I have never met somebody that really is involved in philanthropy that doesn't get it and wants to help people. And in the end, everybody wants to help. So I think for us, it's, it's really about making sure that they're, excited about helping others. I love it. Tell me what the average timeline is. If somebody comes in and they want to start the whole process and we want to partner together, what are we looking at time-wise from beginning, middle, and end for the actual checks to be written and the decisions to be made on where the giving's going and just the process? Yeah, so I think the first thing that you want to do is, is sit down with the client and figure out specifically what areas they want to give. That's, that's bar none, the most important thing. Then I would sit back, do research, and come back to them in probably 30 to 45 days. Is research, as we start working with clients, isn't going to be an important piece. And I want to make sure that, that we're providing them with the best research. Once that happens, you're meeting with the individual, the couple, or the family, saying, these are the, what I'm thinking, these are the recommendations I'm making to you. And they might have others along the way. They might call and say, hey, there's this great other charity that I'm really interested in. Can you do some research on it? Once that's done, we all agree that first round, the first time you're working with them, you're probably about 90 days, maybe a little longer. But from there, it's going to be pretty simple. And I would say people are busy. And I would want to set up not necessarily monthly, but quarterlies. And then along the way, if it was a new charity, I'd want, if I was going to do a site visit, I would invite one or two of them along just so they could see the charity, especially if they hadn't been involved with it before. And that's great. Are there areas that you could share your opinion on or that you know for sure that have the greatest need for help right now? There's so much need out there. But in the end, right now, if I'm just looking at Seattle itself, we have major issues in food and shelter. I think it's important to really focus in on that, but also 
as we're looking at this new era with COVID and with social justice, that's when you really step back and say, okay, there's a lot of organizations raising money. What are the best ones? You never want to be the first necessarily writing a check, but you really want to educate the client and the person. And with COVID, it has changed the world of philanthropy completely. Well, how often, how involved does a client have to be? What's the time commitment for somebody to make when we partner together for doing what we're going to do? It's as little or as much as they'd like, but I think in the middle is probably really good. If you're not involved at all, it's really difficult because if, if you make recommendations and they will, I'll get back to you in a week or they don't want to sit down and meet, that makes it more difficult. You want somebody that's engaged and that is really going to be a part of the process because in the end, it's their dollars that they want to give back to the community or the country or somewhere else, somewhere in the world. Are there stories and examples that you've participated in that you know of where you've seen just huge, massive impacts and differences made, the world changed? I feel like the biggest ones I've seen have really been when it comes to a natural disaster. Unfortunately, it happens and it's going to happen, but it's really, really amazing when all these different people get together and say, let's help make an impact here whether it's forest fires in California or maybe a typhoon or a tsunami or an earthquake, something that really destroys a certain area. And philanthropists come together as a group and say, let's do this. I want to make a difference. And usually there's, there's a big fund. And if you have one overlying organization and you know that money is getting there to help, that's a huge impact that, that makes you feel good. Now, locally, there's, there's things that, we've done over the years that has been really rewarding. But I think if you really want to make that impact, especially when it comes to a natural disaster, there's nothing like it. Well, speaking of disasters, you've been living for the last few months, this madness called COVID. How has it affected the world of philanthropy? Yeah, once it really started, a lot of the, whether they're corporate philanthropists or family foundations, a bulk of them just kind of stopped and said, okay, we're going to turn on a dime. And that's what you want to, you don't want to be a battleship. You want to be able to turn on a dime and say, you know, for right now, this is the most important thing. And we need to figure out the areas that are going to help people the most. And you'd be amazed how many folks they decided, okay, we're rerouting the budget and we're going to find the right funds and we're going to distribute our 2020 funds by the 1st of May. Has the process been interrupted just getting things done. And actually, it seems like it went pretty fast. Like I said, turning on a dime can be hard for a major corporation, even a, a family. But it's it really wasn't that difficult, nice. amazingly enough. And it's I, really helped a lot of people. And I, there's going to be other waves, and there's going to be other opportunities for people to help. And that's the most important thing. It's not going to stop right now. No, I love it. There was an article in Forbes I was reading the other day, and the quote was, those that act boldly, think long-term, and are prepared to do things that are untested, unpopular, and brave are the ones who make a real difference. Just speak to that. Well, the one word that got me was unpopular. And sometimes when there's a real need for something, some people want to shy away from it because they may feel like it's just not the right thing for them. 
Sometimes the most unpopular things in the beginning are the most popular later on. And I'm not a big proponent of if something happens, okay, we all have to give today. You can give later on when there's more need. Something that's unpopular for some families, it's good to go against the grain because they believe in it. I'll rock the boater. Yeah. And, and when it comes to charity, unless it's something that is completely off base, I would, I would tell the client, but I, I'm a fan of mulling over certain things. Over the years, I've gotten requests that I'll sit there and I'll think about it, put it on my desk. Uh, I don't really know if it's a fit. And then maybe a month later, I'm saying, no, this is something we have to do. I don't know how many times I've been wrong, but uh, those are usually the really good decisions to make. I was going to ask you, do you have any recommendation, books, podcasts, publications, seminars? Are there training materials out there that somebody can look and read and research before they get to us? And we start walking them through the process. Yeah, and I could inundate people all day long. <laughs> nice. But I, I subscribe to a lot of different things, and, and there's different books or seminars. and things. But let me give you a couple examples. There's, there's some daily ones that come out, which I think they're important. They may not always have everything you need. You might not read it every day, but Philanthropy Today has a daily email, and it's usually got great articles about philanthropy or what's happening in the world of philanthropy. Inside philanthropy, another type of a daily email. These are all good just to stay educated. And for anybody that does what I do, my counterparts, we're always engaged. And we talk to each other about this stuff. And for me, other counterparts are resource. A couple books which are interesting, and I'm sure many of you have probably read this one, The Three Cups of Tea. It's a great, powerful story. A guy, he was kind of homeless and hiking, and he ended up getting really involved with building schools. Phenomenal book. A good one just in philanthropy is Strategic Giving, The Art and Science of Philanthropy. Great book. Nice. But over the years, you, you accumulate books and you read them. And you could go online today and find a thousand. The Chronicle of Philanthropy is a great blog. They've also got a monthly, let's call it a newspaper they send out. And then Council on Foundations has another blog. Those are both really good. Uh, and, and you can get, you're going to see, you know, so-and-so made a $250 million grant to X. Or it's going to be something small like this family is doing this and they're doing it for these reasons. Really great articles. And I think these are all beneficial as you start your path or continue it in philanthropy. Even more important is getting that third, fourth, or fifth generation involved and sharing it as a, as a family. Lastly, when it comes to seminars, conferences, webinars, all that, there, there's a lot. And if it were me, I would tailor those and find the right ones for those individuals, couples, or families. Over the years, I've been to a lot of conferences, and that's more for philanthropy people. However, there have been times when clients, they want to go as well, which is always more than welcome. Sometimes they're really great. Sometimes they're okay, and you just have to decide. But there's a lot of great webinars from a lot of different organizations. And again, this is something that as I'm working with the clients, if something really caught my eye, said, oh, Joe and Sally, they're really into this, and I'd shoot them the webinar. Uh, but it's, it's something that you kind of have to stay really on top of. So for what we're doing here, I can provide articles and different webinars because we're not having any conferences live right now. Ain't that the truth. We're all getting good <laughs> at Zoom, though, aren't we? Exactly. There's a lot of different avenues. And I, that's why I'm excited to work with the clients to really get a sense of where they are. 
and start sharing them, not inundate, but share with them really quality information. You said something in your remark, somebody gave 250 million as an example. Is there a number too small for somebody to start with? Never. Good. There's never, I've seen people that give $5, I've seen 500 million. It's unbelievable. Uh, And that's a great part about giving. It doesn't matter how much you give, it's just that you did. I love that. And at the same time, we, I, we put our money where our mouth is. You know, I, I am on several boards. I give money to a lot of different charities, and we as a firm do the same thing. I love that. So here at Holheimer Wealth Management, we're extremely excited because we've made the decision to start giving 5% of our profits. So I'm sure you're going to be very instrumental on helping guide us and make the right choices where some of those monies are going to go. Exactly, and that's another role that I have here is really determining the best place to put our dollars as a firm and getting the other people in the firm involved. And it's good for us to lead by example. We have to. The need is too great. And there will always be need, but right now it's extremely important. I looked up the definition of philanthropy the other day. You did. Tell me what you think. It says, goodwill to fellow members of the human race, an active effort to promote human welfare, an act or gift done or made for humanitarian purposes. Does that hit it pretty close? It does. It, uh, yeah, it brings it home. Well, this has been a wonderful time. Is there anything else you want to add to anything that we've asked, said, or done? Well, if you got a couple minutes, Robbie, i got a good story for you. all the time in the world. So as, as I mentioned, I've been doing this a long time, and I've been fortunate to work with a lot of great people and make a lot of grants. There's one that stands out in my mind. It's about 10 years ago, I was sitting at my desk, and my assistant calls and says, there's a gentleman who wants to see you. He says he met you at an event. But I said, sure. And I'm always open to meeting with anybody and I never turn anybody away. This gentleman comes in and, and I'd never met him, didn't remember. And he says to me, he says, he introduces himself. And I said, well, how can I help you? And he says, well, I need to get braces for my daughter. And he says, yeah, I'm a little older. He was 72 and his daughter was 17. He started a little late, obviously. And I said, I'm sorry, sir, but we can't you know, we can't give grants to individuals. And he was very sad, but I said, hold on a second. Let me see what I can do. So I called up a friend. He was a development director at a great organization, and they do a lot of free dental work. So I called him up. I said, I got a, I got a situation here. There's a gentleman here. His daughter needs braces, and low-income family couldn't afford anything. And he said, I got you. He said, have him come over here this certain place tomorrow at a certain time. And we'll make sure she gets braces, no cost. And that's what they did as a nonprofit. And he called me up a couple of weeks later and thanked me. And it wasn't more than anything. I just took a second to say, I think I can help. And to me, of all everything I've done, that one is still the most rewarding that I was able to at least make a call and help out this family. That is amazing. That now that is somebody who leads by example. If you've got the gift of giving, if you've got the gift of compassion. It doesn't necessarily have to be about a big check coming in. You're just wired that way. You just want to give, you want to help, you want to do something for somebody who needs help. And and that's that's the most fun. You you can give a half million dollar check to somebody and then two months later, hey, can we get some more? It doesn't really, it's not as rewarding. I'll tell you one last quick one. There was a small organization, I believe it was in Gig Harbor. This is a long time ago. And I called him up and we gave him a $2,500 check. Not a lot. And... The CEO was a really, really small organization. She was very excited. Or no, she wasn't excited. She said, thank you. 
hangs up the phone but hits speaker by mistake. Nice. And all of a sudden, all I heard was screaming and yelling and cheering. <laughs> and that's one of those you're like, okay, you know, we made a difference. And, and really, in the end, it's about making a difference. I love it. Yes, it is. And we're hoping going forward here, we're going to have a lot more stories just like that about the impact and the difference that we make. I know we will. And I'm excited about that. I love it. Well, thanks again so much for being a part of this and just educating us and everybody who listens to this podcast. Yes, thank you again. Information presented in this podcast are the opinions of Mark Dieter of Hoheimer Wealth Management and are provided for illustrative purposes only. Such opinions are not meant to represent the performance of any particular investment, nor do they constitute a recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Past performance is not indicative of future results and no predictions or forecasts can be guaranteed.